0: Welcome to the Smart Noms Podcast, where we talk about entrepreneurship, self-development, and challenging norms. You look fancy. You think that intro's ever
1: going to get old? Uh,
0: I, don't even, I don't even think it's appropriate. I mean, the, the real intro is we make nerdy stuff cool, but I just run the script, dude. That's all I do. You interpret what it means means no, it's nothing good. to me, but I like the sound of it. It's a uh, good cadence.
1: I was just wait you know wait what? really quick. I was just. Re- oh, am I on the lag? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hey, I'll be back in a second. How about that? Wouldn't wouldn't be a Friday episode if I didn't lag switch right out from the start.
0: Nice. Nice.
1: You're back on. You got good
0: time? You want to tell me about the thing you were going to say or no?
1: Oh, yeah. I was just rewatching watching uh, my niece Amelia's book she wrote for her mother. And, um, yeah, they're in Wisconsin. So so she had access to a hunting magazine that she was making a scrapbook out of. And, man, a lot of dead deer in this book for a five-year-old. A yeah. lot of dead deer. I don't know if we do B-roll, but um, imagine that. Your five-year-old comes home with an authored scrapbook, and it's just Deer in snares. I I love too
0: how it's uh, addressed. It's like for her, the mom, and then it starts in the back, and you are like, "Oh, this is kind of fun and interesting." First picture is just a gutted deer, or not gutted, <laughs> but fucking slaughtered deer, and you are like, "Huh, maybe that's too young, maybe not. If we were natives, this would be normal, starting at birth." So it's like, maybe it's a good thing. Uh, Hunter gatherer, Wisconsinites. Yeah, that's what happens when you move out west. Uh, Belki, here's here's what's crazy to me. Uh, A lot of things in my life are crazy to me. One, yesterday, you texted me, and we kind of kept it secret for the pod because we didn't want to put the horse before the cart before the horse before the cart. But what that – it should be cart before the horse, but I just (laughs) repeated it twice, so it double canceled. The problem is uh, there is no problem because we got invited – one year after we made our video for this human being, we got invited to their fiftieth birthday party.
1: Fiftieth, baby boy.
0: I really can't speak when I'm excited. It gets tough to like.
1: Isn't that you nuts, ever, though?
0: You're consciously, you're consciously thinking about yourself speaking, and then you can't speak, and it just the you get your own internal lag switch. It's really well, tough because,
1: like on a pod like this, or when you're entertaining you're trying to like quickly improv script something on the fly. And so you can yeah, get, you can get jammed better. up in there. You can get jammed up in there for sure. Yeah, See on the blog, I just do another take. We don't edit this.
0: No, if we did have to edit this, I don't think I'd ever release a podcast because I'd be like, I, I just stuttered. <laughs> I can't release that. But a year ago to the day, uh, today is May 20th. Yesterday was May 19th. May 19th, 2021. You released a video I forget the title, something like David Sachs, my daddy, or like
1: yeah. something
0: like that. And it like the thumbnail is you putting your head through a burning I don't know, sheet of paper that is Sacks. Hey, if we do B-roll, it'll be here. But uh to the day, one year later, from going from unknown human people, Henry Dylan, now Sacks and his wife are inviting us. Specifically you, because I think she wants to play around with you a little bit on his birthday. <laughs> Might be swinging to Cabo for his You're gonna birthday. You're going to get us uninvited.
1: One not day if later. this
0: gets released a, a couple days after. Uh, no, there's not a chance they're going to watch that. But that was the crazy thing to me, to, to essentially go from unknown to the most private friends and family invite-only event in a year.
1: Is insane. To with the day, literally. Literally to, to the, the day. day may nineteenth, twenty 2021 we were pitching the all in podcast on my vlog with some clips to the day she emailed and and what was so crazy about it is we were wrapping up the summit and i think today we're going to talk about all in summit day two um and we were talking to jason calacanis's nephew it's like 1 a.m we were out grabbing drinks and he was like yeah we were at dinner today and you know Jackie Sachs, she was just talking about how much she loves the work you've done for David, like this, that, or the other. And as kind of an operator, I always, I always try to, like, note everything so that, like, nothing misses our filter. So I wrote down when we got back that night, like, um, hit up Jackie Sachs at some point for clips because I think she has a show of her own. Like, maybe we can do some video work for her. She likes us. She likes what David does. The next morning, she emailed us. You know, I didn't have to hit the to-do list to to ping Jackie Sacks for clips. She hit us the next morning, a year to the day.
0: And you didn't even that we started doing this. You didn't meet her. I didn't meet her at the event, right? You didn't. She's just lurking, and she's like, "Hey, this guy cares about Sacks." I don't know if they think we're making the clips ourselves, and maybe it's more personal. But we're like, I don't know. You like the clips. We like the clips. Let's keep doing it. Why not?
1: uh well yeah it was uh, and i think i'll talk to them today i didn't connect with her yesterday their their chief of staff just texted me family um, chief of staff family chief of staff and actually david's chief of staff hit me up yesterday like i hope you guys can attend um we'll talk after but i don't know it was it was like a cryptic email i think one it's like they want us to go she wants us to be in the circle she's like i like putting smart people together I, she even said like i like your work just outside of what you've done for david so i don't <laughs> right. really know what she's talking about specifically but like i think it's twofold they want us there and want to be closer as french french which is dude i got the lag it's tough which dude, is crazy the lag. which is crazy and then i think they want us to do some video work for the uh, birthday party as well which is pretty exciting i think it's exciting because for what it's w- worth the parallel is Casey Neistat got his start with his brother doing, like, a 50th birthday party, this crazy video for some famous New York artist. And, you know, like, Bill Clinton was in the audience. All these bigwigs were in the audience. And it's like, huh, oh, these stars, they're aligning in right. really weird ways. Well, that was the the last party. It was 80s
0: night, and I crossed paths with Sawhill. I don't even know his last name. Uh,
1: Lavingia, L-A-V-I-N-G-I-A. Yeah, he wrote the minimalist
0: butchering that. entrepreneur, right? That's the title. Fuck, I forget. I I read
1: like half of it. Yeah, top. but uh, Founder basically, of Gumroad, early right, right. uh developer on Pinterest mobile app.
0: Pretty big dude. He, I mean, we we're talking, and his his company uh got an offer for 150 million dollars, and he owns the majority of it. But he's like, nah, I think it's worth more, so he didn't sell. So he's he's like pretty successful. But talking to him, he's like, hey, these events are cool and all. But really, you don't want to be at paid events. Like, if you're paying to be there, there's always going to be like, you're paying for access. There's the VIP. You're just one of the people that paid to get in. You never, you can't pay to get in the circle, basically. You, what you want to do is get the invite to just this exclusive event. And now it's like, oh, wait, this was literally the day after I talked to Sahil, we get the invite to the exclusive event. And you can't pay to go to Sax's birthday, no matter how much money you have. It's like, oh, wow. This gets back to kind of, I think I texted you, or maybe I wrote it in my notes, but I'm like, our philosophy was just figure out how to be the best in the world at something where there, there is no competition. It's Peter Thiel, like, go where people are not. No one was doing insanely animated, over-the-top, uh, Balenciaga runway-type clips on Twitter because it's just a text only platform. We come in and we're too stupid. So we start making really awesome clips there. They get noticed. Then you stack being the best with doing it for free for important people. And then a year later, you get invited to their birthday party.
1: Can I just add on that too stupid front? This is where like, I think novices go really far. You kind of have to be stupid to start. People were telling us like, don't make video for Twitter. It wasn't made for that. All right. What do we do? We just start on Twitter. We went straight to the top on Twitter. We're just like too dumb to do anything else. We still haven't really figured out YouTube, the video platform, and TikTok. We went to the thing that everybody else, and you kind of have to do that. Uh, Otherwise, you're just going to be everything else.
0: We're going to transition into the summit with this beautiful switch. Talking about like being too stupid, probably one of the dumbest decisions like 10, 15 years ago was to get into virtual reality. Because no one was doing it. And it's just like there were a bunch of failed attempts because these super heavy headsets with crappy technology. No one wanted to do it except this guy, Palmer Lucky, who's literally like 14 years old. He he got into video games and he had like six screens. And he's like, I don't think the world is going to get better by just adding more screens to make a, a more immersive environment. Luke, Luke keeps calling me and I've been fucking ignoring it. I had to call him back. At some point. What's he but, want? I don't know, dude. Uh. Okay, so you can't add more screens. Like, what fundamentally has to change to make the experience better is just getting the VR goggles. So he starts tinkering around, and he's, he's playing, and he's like, all right, well, the problem is everyone in the past is designing it where there isn't software, or good software. So he's like, instead of having these huge, bulky headsets, let's just do as much as possible in the software. So instead of doing anything optical with the... I don't know, the lenses and the screens and stuff like that. It's all through the software because that doesn't weigh anything. And then just the very minimal, like, strap on your head and, and, like, bare minimum screen is going to get you there. So uh, by 21, he ends up selling this to Facebook for $2 billion. And this is Oculus. Right. This is Oculus Rift.
1: Oculus VR. Uh,
0: So now he goes to uh, work at Facebook. There's some controversy, which we'll talk about. Uh, He gets fired then starts a new company called uh, Anderil. Am I pronouncing it right?
1: Anderil or... It's it's the sword from,
0: I don't know, Lord of the Rings or something. Uh, That's that's what uh, nerdy people do. But he gets into that, and now it's this defense company. And so uh, I actually want to do a whole podcast on him because I'm obsessed with him. Uh, You'll see why in a second. But he starts... This defense company and everyone in tech really wants to stay away from defense it's like barring SpaceX and Palantir which are the only two unicorns at the time in Department of Defense uh, or new unicorns no one wants to touch it but he comes in and he's like there's a huge need like deterrence keeping people away by just making sure U.S. is the superpower because we have a lot better morals even though sometimes they're not the best but like on average would you rather have Russia or China running the world or US? Clearly the US. Like we get most things right. Uh so he dedicated he all that. He said
1: something really interesting. Yeah. Or was it him or someone else about war? It's like nations go to war when there is a perceived um imbalance in what their powers can do. Right. Right. So if China if China thinks like our AI, which it is, is a hundred times better than the U.S. They will engage in war with us because they know they can win. Right. Wars do not get engaged in when two two countries believe you know their their power is is roughly equal, which is kind of counterintuitive. Wait, what? Because if their countries don't engage in war when they don't know who is no, more powerful, in which picture really? it
0: this way. All right. Uh, well, I'm, I don't know if I'm understanding you right, but basically like say, I don't know, Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan's like, I want to fight you, Henry. Are you going to fight Jackie Chan? Probably not because, you know, he'd kick your ass. But if it's like, oh, Correct. I'm going to fight you. It's like, OK, we're probably about equal. If, if there's something important on the line, like I just stole a lot of money from you, you would probably fight me that's reasonable because it's like oh we're probably about the same level there's a chance i'd win versus there's no chance in the world you're going to beat jackie chan so you don't even engage that's the deterrence
1: um i guess on the flip side though if you're jackie chan you're china you you may engage to take over that nation it's kind of what Russia's doing in ukraine right now
0: i'm saying but yeah I, it could go either i'm way. saying the person They wouldn't fight back. they just go for a truce if you know you're going to lose. Ukraine is fighting back because they know there's a chance they can win. Otherwise, you just be like, let me just sign the treaties. You're going to smash me. It's not even worth killing all my people for this. Correct. So his whole point as a company is like uh, our technology, like he says this and it's the most beautiful example to me. He's like, look at a John Deere tractor today. The technology in that tractor is more advanced than anything our military has. Oh, my God, dude. I can't speak a sentence, dude. One more time. One more time. (laughs) Look at a John Deere tractor today. No, dude.
1: Oh, I'll do it for you. A John Deere tractor (laughs) has better autonomy and AI than anything in our Department of Defense today. I almost lost it, dude. I almost lost it on defense. So think about that. There's been more innovation in tractors. Than the stuff on our uh, in our battlefields, and he gets into
0: the reason. It's like he kind of well, I don't know if this is in podcast, but I, I don't know. I want to save. I want to save a lot about him. I want to just want to tell his whole story in a non-starter, dude. <laughs> I'm going to quit.
1: Startery?
0: Don't I'm so in, in my head, head now. now. I'm so in my head.
1: Don't get in your head now. Um, uh, where were you? I'll take it, Pop. Oh, no, dude, from here, he's just—he's doing a great job were. with
0: his company. Everyone's stoked. It's like, okay, uh, his his talk oh, yes, was titled, I, the what is it? The current thing, the current thing. On, the the proper title. The
1: reason the Department of Defense is so behind is for a lot of reasons: politics, bureaucracy, bad incentives, um, just a ton of things. I mean. Yeah, he was like, we're still using weapons from the 80s. The things we ship to Ukraine are weapons from the 80s. Well, his whole point is like,
0: we're waiting for a Ukraine war to suddenly care about defense. It's like, that's not what defense is for. It's for prevention, not last minute. You're like, oh, shit, we really need technology. And then you just get destroyed. That's not how it works. So there's like, there's a couple areas that are like this. It's climate change. You gotta make sure to do it preventatively. Same thing with economy, do it preventatively. Like make sure you're not getting fucked. And then here in defense, he's like, okay, that's why I want to spread this because we can't rely on when a Ukraine happens and we suddenly we're like, oh, this is the thing to think about. We prepare, but it's too late, and then it goes out of Twitter sphere in I don't know, a couple months, and now we're like fucked again. Uh, he's like, this is the ongoing process we need to care about, and we need the best people there. The problem is, uh. People are scared to get into it uh, because if you go, like, patriotism is kind of a bad thing right now. Like, you would be seen as weird, at least in, like, coastal communities, smart communities, if you're, like, going around with a big red, red, white, and blue flag. Like, people just don't want that. Um, so there's a weird stigma. But uh, that's going to end up fucking us. So he's, he's kind of evangelizing, like, hey, it doesn't, like doesn't mean you're going to be murdering people for wrong. I guess it comes from a mistrust of the government. Like you don't want to build tools from them, but they're not even building attacking tools. They're building like defensive uh, drones. So like counter drone and sentry software. So it's like, you ever play call of duty and you see on the mini map, like there's radar on and you can see all the buildings and like where people are. He's literally trying to build that for the U S government. It's like, okay, that's, that's awesome. And that's cool. You, you got to get behind that. Um, so all of this and uh, the big, I guess, uh, how do we do on transition? Basically, he gives a great presentation, right? Everyone's like...
1: Gives a great... So, yeah, yeah. I, I've never heard his name before. Um, watching his presentation, I was like energized about this thing I've never been energized about. Oh, great. Great presentation on why this matters, why the current thing is the most important thing. But actually, when it comes to defense, why the current thing, it may be too late. So... For all these reasons, you're talking about prevention.
0: What? You kind of, there's a couple of signs you know you can trust someone. Uh, one is when they
1: speak their mind on something. Watch it with the 10 out of 10. What? Watch it with the 10 out of 10, the signs. Hey, come on. Now no I know no what it's takes. like as
0: an audience member to watch this. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck does that mean? Uh. I... I I I I know the joke. I even get, um, dude. I'm also rattled because fucking <laughs> my niece was running around this, and I was trying to kick her out, and she just kept banging on the door. I'm like, I got to do work, but work don't exist when you're three, four, whatever she is. Um, Games.
1: Dead deer. Oh, okay. So how you, do you, you trust were someone? Say
0: something about trust. One is God. I really just don't want to shoot a fucking podcast right now. I don't know why I'm I'm like I'm feeling Palmer Focus. angry. Um. Okay, so you trust someone, one, because they just say something that goes against the grain. Like, if you go against the current thing, like, he's like, hey, defense is important. Military is important. Most people in tech, they're too scared to say that. It's much safer to say, like, oh, the U.S. is bad. We commit war crimes. It's like, that's easy to say. It's like, sure, we do. But, like, look bigger picture. Like, don't be dumb. So he's going against the grain. You're like, okay, I trust this guy because he's clearly taking a risk with his reputation. So it must be true, at least to him. Number two is when you wear flip-flops to a conference. Like, this dude comes in, Hawaiian Hawaiian. shirt, flip-flops, nothing tucked. He's like, got a goatee. It's like, okay, this guy clearly doesn't care what we think about him. He's just doing what's most comfortable for him. I'm like, okay, I respect that. So instantly I'm like, okay, I trust this guy. Then the third reason is what he transitions into. Because he finishes his whole presentation. He's like, I just got one last thing. And presentation is like over. He pulls out his phone. And now he's like, (sighs) a few years ago, I was kicked out of my baby. I created Oculus from the ground up. I think it's the most amazing technology in the world. I would be working on it till the day I die, because I think that is the future. That is where we live. Once you experience it, you cannot unsee it. And I want to be working on that until the day I die. But I couldn't, because a few years ago, I made an anti Hillary contribution of $9,000 for a billboard. When I put that out there, the whole world attacked me. And one of the top people attacking me was Jason Calacanis. He just starts listing. He's like, Jason said, uh, Palmer is stupid. This would never work. Why are you contributing to this terrible person? Uh, his family, no one wants him in the world. Like, literally reading like 20 tweets from Jason over time just hitting a founder when he's down literally just contributes to him getting fired from facebook uh because of this contribution to someone that wasn't the current thing
1: and and the room went from like chuckles when he first started to deftly silent silent right it was like the most eerie thing because jason is backstage he is publicly calling out the creator of this event right for for smearing him as a founder he's like and you
0: could feel this because he built up like oculus was my life i see it as the future and we even experienced this a little bit after with ar it wasn't even vr but we saw there was this one thing basically walking around the room and you put your hand out and you see like scales come on your hand and it matches it perfectly so you, you literally can't tell if it's reality or not i'm like oh, my God, if I experience this, it makes so much sense why I just want to live in this world. I didn't get the idea of the metaverse and living in virtual reality until I saw this. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense why Facebook was willing to take that huge uh, multi-billion-dollar risk to get into it. But uh, he's basically saying, I took one uh, supposed risk by supporting someone that wasn't the popular person in Silicon Valley to support – and I got ousted by this small majority, including Jason Calacanis, who literally kicked me when I was down. And he likes to virtue signal being this person that is pro founder. And that's because you want to attract founders. And he's like, at my weakest point, he wanted to kill me. So It's like, uh, it was actually kind of crazy too. After the, uh, after he did this whole spiel, Jason's like, I was wondering why it was so hard to get you to this event. And it's like, yeah, because... He fucking hates you with the passion, and the you could sense it in his voice. He's like emotional, but it's like hatred, pure hatred for this man. It's like oh my god, I, I, the whole room didn't know how to respond because it's literally up until that point. It's like this is an amazing event, like everyone's stoked. We just had Elon Musk. Moscow. wow, 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 and he's like fuck this guy. And my opinion was like we experienced that when. We had our own podcast on Colin and uh, Friedberg and Sachs joined the room and then Jason joined the room and we tried to participate because it was our podcast. And I don't know if he knew that, but he came in and just shut us down immediately. He's like, mute yourselves. Who do you think you are? Just go back to price gouging your clients. It's like, dude, we've been doing free clips for like a year for you guys and you're fucking coming shit on us. So, it's- I mean, whatever. We- and we I've listened to it
1: a couple of times. It's, it's, it's near impossible to tell what of that was a joke and what was serious but then but like whichever way it swings it's
0: then there was another event with Colin there was uh they were supposed to like thank the whack pack and they didn't show up for the first 40 minutes and they showed up drunk and they're like uh thanking us but then i don't know nick says something and jamas like basically shut up nick you're not part of the besties you're in the whack pack and it was like ah oh, come on dude like why you got to do that um so i just think their ego makes them want a virtue signal and then we see the true side of them when no one's really looking and uh so that's why i was like oh my god you're you're speaking to me like i was so stoked i'm like okay you're taking the risk and calling this person out and no one would do that people are used to calling people out behind their backs but he did it on the biggest stage possible um so we're gonna see if they release the actual tapes i don't even know if they will but uh just complete shock and carpet bombed the whole event But in a good way, because then right after they go into their little huddle, uh, on stage and just break everything down. I'll talk about that.
1: Um, before the Andreal part, what was so beautiful about it was this was like the thesis of the all in podcast, right? It's like, can we have difficult conversations debate openly with passion? Um, not take things personally and come out of that like better tim urban talked about this later this like idea of high-rung politics which which maybe we'll get into but to then actually see them sit on stage and frankly like jason who was blindsided sucker punched because he's backstage he can't defend himself handled it with a, a pretty decent level of grace that was interesting and i think what friedberg said best was like jay cal first of all you got to be nicer to people but J. Cal and palmer like i don't care what you guys are talking about what i do want to highlight is the fact that palmer that was incredibly courageous and brave and not like you're saying not a lot of people in tech are willing to do that ryan breslow is kind of doing this on twitter by by sticking up to the the mob um but yeah it was it was a pretty emotional moment actually well, kind of brought a tear to my eye i i didn't even remember this call-in thing until you told me after uh, and then, because it was more directed at you, and that relatability made it even even that much more real for me. I mean,
0: I, I think I felt it, but what's funny is Steph Smith from The Hustle, uh, now a 16Z, uh, she happened to see me or us standing and clapping, and she like commented after like, "Oh, I get why because he did this to you." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Like, I had forgotten about that. I just felt like, "Oh,"
1: interesting. I, I wasn't even consciously think that. I'm it's like, that "Oh, deep. that's
0: badass calling him out," because I don't know. Uh, intuitively i knew he did the same to us um and he was saying too like he was the black sheep of silicon valley so luckily he sold his company for several billion dollars so he he had that much money to start his his next company uh and but it wasn't hard like even being a billionaire and having all this expertise in the field people didn't want to fund him and having a team from palantir it's like no one wanted to touch him it's like if, if I also, wasn't successful in selling to Facebook, like I'd be dead. And most founders in my position, I was lucky, would be dead because of
1: people like Jason. Correct. And the small guys like us, we couldn't stand up to Jason when he did that. So Palmer's in this interesting spot where he's made it. He's okay. He's, he's, he's done his time. Coming out of it on the other side, he's able to stand up to someone like Jason. There are a lot of founders maybe that he's squashing that never make it to that point Right.
0: yeah so it was it was nice speaking up
1: for the what else did they talk The little about? guy well uh yeah i don't know but yeah i mean the room was the room was uh just i don't know a saying for it but he got a standing ovation and uh you know jason kind of apologized on stage well, they hooked it out it was kind of like a non-apology you know like i'm sorry he if- felt that way I'm sorry if you took that the wrong way. Yeah, I'm sorry if you felt that way. It's like Todd
0: would say that to people because it's like the higher value thing. Like you're not admitting you're it's like, dude, fuck off. It's like you objectively shit on him at his lowest point and his family. He's like, "Uh, you can attack my business. Like I can get over that. Like you probably should be supportive of people starting important companies and doing important innovations. But when you attack me personally and my family, like what kind of sick, twisted human being would do that at my lowest point? So, uh, and it's like, I don't know. I texted you this yesterday. I'm like, I'm just going to tell people I voted for Trump. Like, if you, if you hear that and you disqualify that person, I guess it's using the heuristic that I like to use. So it's kind of, I guess I'm being, uh, what's that called? Hypocritical. But, like, if you hear that and you can't be like, oh, maybe, like, there could be a reason outside of just, like, hating black people that you'd vote for Donald Trump then I, it's like nice to have a conversation with that person. But I even like I told you at the event that night, I was talking to someone I'm like we don't have LinkedIn or anything or like I don't want to get someone's phone number. So I'm like, hey, what's your Twitter? I'm like, oh, I'll follow you, but you probably don't want to follow me because I, I, I'm Republican. I'm like, oh. she said yeah, that. and right? I'm like, hey, half my family is like I, I, I'm cool with it. Like I'm probably more Republican than anything. But it's like, it's just funny that people preface that without even knowing anything about me. They're like, most likely he's not going to like my tweets. I'm like, hey, I'm going to retweet all of them.
1: Because of, can we go to Tim? Yeah, Urban? well,
0: what's kind of funny is there was a talk in
1: between Palmer and Tim Urban.
0: I blacked that whole thing out. I was in shock for like 30, 40 minutes. I feel bad for
1: yes. that sweet lady. Adina Hesfet or something was talking about the housing market. She, I mean, she comes on after Palmer Lucky just drops the bomb the room is in an uproar um a good one a a cheerful one and she's like she did honestly a wonderful job of managing the crowd she came out like made a joke about it and then like had the entire crowd take a breath together before she could start her thing that's tough to follow up that's really tough to follow up because everyone's trying to decompress like it was stressful being there and you're trying to decompress during her talk on the housing market she had a great company. She's the founder of uh, Divi. They actually um, help people secure mortgages through, like, you know, some D2C uh, web thing. Hey. Pop, we could get a house. on I don't Divi. want a
0: house. I don't believe in ownership. Uh, well, then Tiberman comes out.
1: No, you didn't listen to her talk. You didn't listen to her I talk. I had no
0: idea, dude. I was just she, she gave jotting all the... notes the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Um, all right, you you talk about Tim Urban. There's a
1: correlation between house ownership. There's a correlation between house ownership and net worth. Obviously, and it's pretty stark.
0: Yeah, I don't have money to buy a house, so why would I buy a house? Correlations are easy. Divvy.
1: Um, Tim Urban, Tim Urban, Tim Urban, Tim Urban. This is one of the things I was looking forward to. Most. I I didn't because so I hate Urban's politics. Wait, but why and this
0: stuff? So my instinct, I like Tim Urban. I'm just oh. like, uh, I've seen his blog post on this. I don't really care about. I didn't know what he was going to talk about. In discourse like that.
1: Yeah. So he, well, is there a tagline for Wait, but why? I don't know. Like a, a motto. Oh, well, he he like he uses stick figures and storytelling to boil down really complex ideas. Um, the first one I read was the tail end like maybe 15 years ago about how you should spend more time with the people you love friends and family, because like after high school, you know, you're in the tail end of your time together with those people. Look it up. Um, What do you want to talk about with this talk? Do you want to go through the whole thing or just takeaways?
0: Uh, What what stands out? One, his talk, his talk is like any other talk there is. And if you've seen his Ted talk, which I don't know how many views, maybe like tens of millions of views, one of the most popular Ted talks of all time. Uh, he's talking about procrastination on procrastination and, uh, like, I don't know the, I forget what he calls the monkey in your head, but it's like the short-term gratification monkey or something like that. And it's like, I don't know, he just visualizes and creates, takes abstract ideas and just makes them into funny visuals that we can all remember and grasp. So compare him to any of the prior presentations where it's a PowerPoint, a lot of text, few pictures, uh, poor, like what's in it for me as the audience member. He comes in and he's like, "Okay, this abstract topic of uh, polarization and how to have proper debate between different thinkers. It's like, how do you how do you explain what's been happening? Where like supposedly people argue on Twitter all the time, and we all live in our bubbles, and like what's happening? And uh, there are some people that say like thought provoking things and some dumb things. It's like it's just a weird ecosystem. So he tries to distill it down." Um, and I think, like, the number one thing is he doesn't have text on screen. Like First thing, it's just all his stick figure drawings that are funny. It's like, right off the bat, how do we pretend to be these adults? And he has, like, a, a stick figure that says, I am an adult. It's like, okay, that, that's just kind of funny already. He's like, how can we claim to be that? But when I look at America, I see this. And it's a kid crying on the ground with an ice cream cone that just uh, broke. It's like, oh, oh that's, that's just funny. That is what we are in the last couple of years, how we seem to behave. So immediately you remember that and you're like, okay, this is a funny conversation. I want to pay attention. Um, you care about it more. So you, maybe you want to break down like what stuck out, stuck out to you. Cause maybe you see it in your family and stuff like that, even more than I do.
1: Yeah. So then, then he goes in to start talking about polarization and I got to do this with no notes, but he brings up a spectrum. And it's kind of like the electromagnetic wave spectrum it's it's 2d it's one axis like from zero to whatever and on the left you have your left on the right you have your right right and he's like all these people are arguing but that's not the full story there's actually a y-axis to this spectrum and what was on the y-axis conviction
0: well yeah so he's going 1d to 2d and so he's talking about uh sorry sorry 1d I th- no, it's like thinking quality. I forget what he termed it. It's the ladder. I don't know. It's like high rung thinkers and low rung.
1: Oh, yeah. It was something ladder. It's, it's sure. basically like... Sure. Right. Yeah. So on... Clear thinking or something. On the x-axis, you have left to right, which is what everyone thinks is the only thing we're talking about. And then on the y-axis is, yeah, like quality of thought or ladder rungs for what it's worth. And he goes into this talk about dividing these things between low rung politics and high high-rung high politics. And high rung is like this incredibly impassioned um, left versus right, my ideals versus your ideals. But the difference is it's positive some. A, a high-rung leftist and a high-rung right thinker come out of that, you know, they disagree about how we're going to get somewhere, but they you know, positive some agree on where we need to go. And then he says low-rung politics, which is what most people are engaged in right now, is like political Disney World. And in political Disney World, it's just like, uh, it's all us versus them, good characters versus bad. Hero characters. versus villain. Heroes versus yeah. villains, hero versus villain. Um, and well, I don't know. The, the, the beautiful thing is, every step of the way, he commands your attention so well. I, like, do you think anyone in the crowd disagreed with him?
0: I don't think you could. Well, one, because we like to. He's like most of the people here think you're the top left. As in the the clear, high-rung thinker, probably on the blue side, like the, the left side. Yeah, liberal. But, uh, and you, prior to this conversation, probably thought you're more in line with just everyone on the left, including the low-rung left people. But that's probably untrue. You probably have a lot more in common with the high-rung right, as in, like, what I like to think of myself, probably, or at least I don't think I'm far right. But, like, high-rung people, high-rung people versus being the same color It's like uh, we should look more on like finding those people and having those people around us because that's where the actual discussions are because right now the way everyone treats it when you're a low-rung thinker is hey my ideas my beliefs are a baby and anytime you attack you're attacking my baby and look it's crying you're hurting a baby you're criminal you're evil you're hitler it's like that's how they treat everything because who would attack a baby Versus the high-rung thinkers, they treat their ideas like a robot. You ever see those like uh, robot battles, uh, little cage matches things? Like that's what it kind of is. Yeah, shit like that. It's like you're trying to build the best robot, but you don't know what parts work the best. And you're like actively trying to see how they fit and how they perform. And it's like you're detached. It's like the idea itself. And you're just on the sidelines outside of the ring just observing. So when someone attacks what you believe, you don't take it personally because it's it's your robot and you're just trying to build the best robot. And that's what sticks with me is like, oh, now I visualize like, I wanna build a robot. I don't wanna treat it like a baby every time.
1: Uh, There's some disagreement and ideas. Shoot, I just had a really good one about the robot and the baby. I lost it, Pop. It's gonna come back to me. Oh, it's so important. Wait, give me a second. Give me a second. Uh, it's gone. Onward. Onward and upward. Uh, onward and there's upward. There's always hope. Well, I'm trying to think of anything else. Dude, the machine. I don't know. Person. Okay. Oh, I got it. Wait, wait. The checklist. Okay, wait, it's coming to me. It's coming to me. Oh, the beautiful thing about high rung, because you 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 are separating the person from your beliefs, which is a machine. When you meet a high-rung political thinker or a high-rung thinker and you hear that they voted for Trump or you hear their stance on guns, you are not able to figure out their stance on abortion, for instance, or what they think about education. It doesn't line up like that because high-rung thinkers are, are independent thinkers in some sense. And I think of myself this way. It's like there are beliefs, conservative beliefs I have, and then also really liberal ones, and you can't pin me to either side, really. He said that's indicative of high-rung. Now, in low-rung politics, when you hear one belief of, say, somebody's views on abortion, now you can line them up in their entire blue or right part of the spectrum, left or right. And the low-rung thinkers um, – I think Naval talks a lot about this, but like if you know one of their beliefs, you know the entire checklist of their right. beliefs because they fall neatly into uh, the one right. side
0: that was Got nice. It. that's
1: such a great point
0: that i forgot about and i, I kind of want to do that as a test and if watch the thing like his visuals, is amazing you can you can literally we we could do it just go through the checklist like with our friends but that was my problem with brown is i'm like i came in i mean everyone wants to say they're a high-rank thinker but like i kind of like foot flopped in between things but there are very rarely people that i saw foot flop at brown it's more like they come in and yeah you could guess what they believe on anything uh so, like, for example, uh, I don't know, take my case. Like, now, listening to Palmer, I'm like, oh, I'm more pro-defense than before. Before, I'm like, ah, fuck war. But now I'm like, oh, if we want to prevent...
1: Uh, are, you, are you there? I think I lost my opal. They gave me a message. Uh, okay, I'm here.
0: Basically, like, Palmer, if you're changing your ideas, I, I think, I forget who says it, but it's like... Uh, strong ideas loosely held strong beliefs loosely held whatever it is it's like oh i i thought fuck all this war spending that we're doing uh that doesn't make any sense then palmer's like oh no prevention is important because that's what keeps us safe and that allows our economy to flourish internally i'm like oh okay it makes sense spending a lot on there now i'm more pro-war than before or immigration I, i hear elon musk say no we could 10x the size of the u.s that's not a problem we're going to have abundant electricity if we just add a little corner of Texas to the solar grid and have that. And it's like, Oh, okay. Now it's great that we're taking in people like, especially smart people. We should get as many as possible. So I I don't know. Uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff I don't. Yeah.
1: And I, I flip flop on like taxation all yeah. the time. Um. My. And what, what Tim said is going on right now. Do you want to talk about? The oh yeah. Lines? I love that. This is okay. Kind of interesting. Yeah. All this stuff. You need to, you really need to watch what he's talking about because like, we're not even doing the logical steps he's taking that well. But what he said is going on right now is there is a flare up of low rung politics because of the pandemic, because of social media. He put up this amazing graph where it's like people like to think they've curated their social media to be.
0: Well, even you said that and I'm like, we're Couldn't be further from
1: the truth. (laughs) Yeah, no chance. So he puts up this real data of. Um, social media posts, and it's like if you're on the left, you're primarily seeing things retweeted by the left, and it's like this super dense cloud right. of blue. Same thing on the right, and that's a real graph, uh, there's very right. little going on in the middle. And I lost my well, point, so that's <laughs> sick, dude. It's all right. you, you yes, thinking the visuals, gives you an opportunity. Uh, but what to was cool it. there
0: is uh, we'll talk about the debate that they had after, but it's like we did have people that could separate their ideas from themselves and that's important to to just have discussions i don't think the debate actually worked but uh it's it's just cool to be in a room where i couldn't guess what people believe or it's like elon saying oh uh i voted democrat all this time or like anyone on stage it's like oh yeah i i have these beliefs and it's like oh that surprised me i wouldn't have guessed that and it's like oh why am i guessing because i think they're a low wrong thinker but they're high so they like they take all the facts in and just figure out what they think is true
1: um same with Sachs, who's like labeled the conservative has probably voted more democratic raised more money for democrats i don't know about now but like in his yeah life, well
0: democrats have gotten pretty crazy like really, well this is the idea really right funky okay so why has uh, i i guess both sides have but i just like i'm more offended by i think the left side because i was on their side and then they pushed me out or like i'm like hey i, w- I was a fan and then you fucking uh like, it, it's never ending in terms of how
1: far you can go. Well, that's why I think Elon, Elon, I think the left pushing out Elon right. and Joe Rogan. Right. It's a huge it's like, mistake. Uh, huge Joe Rogan mistake.
0: voted for Bernie Sanders, the most left uh, candidate we've <laughs> ever had in the history of the United States. And you're saying he's right wing radical. It's like, what are you even talking about? And so what I liked about going back to Tim Urban and his talk, he's like, okay, Here's how the world works. We have all these different brains, different interpretations of the world, different colors. That's how he represents it. Just a bunch of minds on screen, a bunch of different brains. It's like, what happens though, is we all talk with this same color. Let's call it orange. So you see all these orange colors going in between. Why? Because if you speak out, speak your, the color of your brain, well, something bad happens. Because all we see, like when... He explains it so well. I feel bad. I'm not doing it justice. But like, when you're talking, like, there are certain safe things to say and certain non-safe things. Or like, you have to nuance the shit out of it to make it like acceptable. Like saying, I don't know, you're, I don't know, like slavery was bad. Uh, like everyone's gonna, I don't know uh, how to explain this, but like, basically, take the safe thing to say. Everyone's going to default to the safe because you don't want to get fired from your job, put your life at risk or whatever it might be. So everyone's going to say the safe thing. So now you just see this world of the safe thing, which might not be the right thing uh, to say. And so everyone seems like they have orange, but then one person speaks up, deviates, and you're looking around and like, hey, they're not orange. Why aren't they orange? Ah, fuck, I'm explaining this Ben.
1: Wait, so before that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, before that, it's hard it's hard without the graphic it's amazing though it's amazing though that we can pretty much recall it so there's a screen with green red blue orange yellow purple brains everywhere and they're kind of loosely connected in networks like your neighbors your family your community whatever what starts to happen is some thought like you're saying becomes the right thought or the liberal thought or the woke thought and now all of these brains that are all multicolored, he draws an orange circle around them. So you can still see all these multicolored brains, but there's this veneer of orange around all of them. Everyone's talking about the thing in your community. It might be, you know, we should be pro-choice. But he's like, but then it goes a step further. Because when you are your own brain and you see these orange veneers everywhere, right. everything, everything you can't see is their now brain. opaque. And the you whole screen see turns what they're orange.
0: saying. So now everyone cannot... seems like their brain is orange.
1: Correct. So now I'm a blue brain in a sea of orange. And you start to get really confused. It's like, oh, all these people are talking about this thing. Am I the, am I the only one that, that thinks otherwise? When in fact, everyone's still red, green, orange, blue, purple, you know, all these things. Um, and then, so all these high wrong thinkers end up becoming um, quieter more muted, more cowardly, because you see what happens when you speak up and express something that isn't the common or well, that was, in your community, uh, for instance. Take Jason and Sax on stage. They had a joke, and it's like
0: Sax was angry about like Jason always trashing him, trashing him. And Jason's like, Yeah, well, how much more exposure have you gotten from the podcast? Like, how many more deals have you done? And Sax is like, Probably 50% less. <laughs> and it's like, Yeah, because. He's just shitting on him, and no one wants to like be associated with the right wing guy because that's just like, oh, that's that's the bad thing to say publicly. I'm sure know gets he probably more deal does, flow but the, the joke landed a, because a it joke. does ring true. It's like Palmer is the one person to speak up who says something that isn't orange. Now the whole world is looking around as like, he's not orange. I mean, I'm I'm not really orange too, but I don't I don't want to like take that risk and be the black sheep and then get attacked and literally killed, slaughtered. Uh, so that's. That's how we get into this world, and that's why I like when you have billionaires come in and they're like, hey, I don't care about money or people or anything. I already have my family. I'm just going to speak my mind and what I think is true. And then what they're saying matches the color of their brain, but that's so rare. Um, like Palmer, for example, with defense, and, and if you ask, he talks about like defending America, or often it's like in the attack too, but whatever, like supporting defense. If you ask say 10 uh, smart people, Silicon Valley, eight eight out of the 10 will be like, hey, it's important that America is the best superpower. Like it's important that we run the world rather than China or Russia or, I don't know, uh, Saudi Arabia, whoever it might be. So they agree with that, but then it's like, well, would you hypothetically work for a company like that? Still, the majority say, yes, I would work for a company like that. But then the one out of 10 that's super against anything the, the U.S. does that's like imperial or like trying to take over, they're the loudest voice. And the reason why they get their voice echoed, one, there's like the silent majority that just like, they don't feel strongly enough to like overshadow them. But but two, if you're at a Google, Google doesn't really want to take that reputational risk of supporting defense because they had a contract. I think it was uh, it was something like Maven, actually the the name of it, but they were supposed to work with the department of defense and there were loud voices within Google that were like, we don't want to do this. We refuse to sign up for this. And it's like, Oh, you don't have to, but whatever. But Google shut it down. They terminated that contract because it'd be like 1% of their total revenue. Like we're not going to risk a bunch of issues within the company. Plus who knows like who's buying our product that now no longer is going to want to buy our product. Uh, They could lose 10% of their revenue just on supporting the government. It's like, throughout history when the fuck was that normal like if you said the top tech companies weren't in favor of supporting the government for the entire history of the united states that'd be ludicrous can you imagine just being like no i don't support the country where we're in like
1: well even palmer was talking about uh atomic bomb research weapons research at stanford before world war ii right that was a very in thing to do naval says too um and Tim touched on this, but the the left won the culture war. Now they're running around the streets shooting all the survivors. Hey, I almost lagged out of that one. Got nervous. Almost Dude, lagged it's, out. It's crazy how tough. It is. Um so yeah, I mean the 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 left wokeism generally dominates culture. And so that's how they're able to kind of permit these mind viruses tim says the answer is is leadership it's high-rung thinkers becoming outwardly spoken like what brian armstrong is doing at coinbase what uh, netflix has recently done with the backlash against dave chappelle it's like putting a foot down saying i'm a blue brain uh well that's one of the colors i'm a green brain you know i'm not going to stand for this and then it's still Yes, dude, another chance. It slowly starts to dissipate. The mind viruses slowly start to dissipate. So leadership is is the answer, he says.
0: Ah, uh, interesting.
1: Yeah, leadership. Ah, uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that is like the Brian Armstrong. Uh, yeah. Well, Apple is also cracking down. Yeah, I think and of- I think Elon has never. It it's this doesn't have seemed to be a question at Elon's companies. This like wokeism because he's just always been so like we make goods and services that do useful things we are net useful like this isn't about politics companies don't exist to have a What's political like, stance
0: we do, crazy do useful
1: things for the world
0: that you you as a billionaire donate nine thousand dollars to an anti-hillary campaign and hillary wasn't the person that won so it's like he was technically on the correct side and you get kicked out of your company because like he wasn't voicing that internally I assume he wasn't like making it public it just came became public and the news fucking uh like uh, not hawks but they just attacked him. Um so it's it's all interesting. And then we kind of see like the rubber meet the road right after Tim his awesome presentation there's a debate between what is it Antonio Garcia Martinez Glenn, and, and Glenn, and Glenn Greenwald. Greenwald. Right. And I guess they're debating the war in the Ukraine, which uh, I don't really follow, I don't care too much about, but just from an outside perspective, I'm like, oh, no wonder debate doesn't work, because this is just a shitty debate.
1: Well, and- it was a low-rung debate. That's right. what it was. Like, Antonio had just gone to Ukraine. He had seen it. He had been there firsthand. So Ukraine, to him, is this baby. Uh, what the U.S. is doing, our involvement with the war, is a baby for Antonio and anything Glenn says is literally Glenn kicking his baby in front of him to play on the Tim urban. Right. Same for Glenn Greenwald. Um, he, yeah. And it got really emotional and it was really interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm like, this is by definition, low rung because it is emotional. You're supposed to not have emotions in a debate. And like I was trying to think of if I were in it, like basically they just had rants for like five minutes talking literally to the audience, not really at each other. And I'm like, I I consider a debate who's gonna change their mind, who's gonna be open-minded about the whole situation. Like the nice thing about the podcast with all in is like sometimes they do change their minds. Or there's at least the idea that they're open to it. But here it's like they were just digging a deeper stance because it's theater. And I'm like, oh, I get why people like Young Spielberg, he texted, he's like, Oh, that was an amazing debate. And I'm like, that was a shit debate. No one's changing their mind from that. It's just like confirmation bias and just attacking each other for no reason. Like this is well, from, it was
1: weird. Like, well, like I think Glenn it comes, was pulling out his phone and his computer to like find stats. It was just weird. It was weird. And it was interesting right after Tim Urban.
0: But I see it as no one at Brown, for example, ever learned how to debate properly we like, have, I don't even like the word debate. I think that frames it wrong. Have a discussion. It's like, no one knows how to talk to someone that doesn't
1: believe the same thing at the current we didn't time have that to. they do. right? Like to play on a Jonathan hate coddling of the American mind. It's like, we had so much parent involvement, guardian involvement, that when things arose, we would go to a parent and the parent would solve that problem. That's like a multi-generational historical reason for that. Well, problems didn't but arise.
0: That's the thing, because- Everyone, like if you had to do an exercise, it was always maybe a teacher would try and play devil's advocate, but they really believe the same thing as the students. Or at least everyone's talking orange. Whereas like even I would write essays that were orange just because I'm like, I'm going to get a better grade on it if I write it orange versus if I take a hard stance on what I actually believe. So it's like no one is actually defending. It's all like theoretically defending and they don't actually believe that because everyone's just pretending to be on the same side because it it is risky. Like literally at Brown, if you heard someone was on the like Republican committee or whatever that group was, that shit spread like wildfire. Everyone's like, yeah, "Did crazy. you hear? This person's a Republican?" It was fucking black sheep, so no one would take that risk. I I kind of at the end luckily my my public speaking class that I talk about, it was like take the unpopular opinion and talk about it. Actually, this is kind of funny. It just happened in the news. But I was like, women deserve to be paid less in professional sports. That was my opinion. It's like, I honestly believe that. So I could defend it pretty easily because I'm like, hey, sport, it's a game. It's all about getting eyeballs on the sport. They get fewer eyeballs, less valuable eyeballs. So they should be paid less. Then, I don't know, a day ago, I saw on the news, it's like the U.S., I don't know, the Olympic team, and a women's and men's team, the salaries are equal all right, I guess you can do that, but then you're just going to see, like, uh, like, the competition to be a professional male athlete is so much higher, too. It's, like, it's almost unfair to the men because they had to overcome all this risk, and now you're going to be pitted.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of nuance. There, there, that's, there is something there, like, I don't know, the, the women have a much higher winning record, like, a bunch of things than the men's team that's kind of shitty. yeah.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't matter. No one's watching a women's game. Like, my question to the group is, like, who here has been to a professional sports game that's male? It's like, everyone raises their hand. Who's been to one that's female? One person raised their hand? It's like, that's why there's more demand for this thing than for that thing. So there's more money there. It's like, whatever. But... The idea I couldn't talk about that until there's like a forum where it's acceptable to have these, and so people uh, kept bringing up these points, and they're like, "Good points." For example,
1: yeah, how was that received in class? Was there a healthy debate, uh,
0: or, or was it Q and A? Q&A yeah, session? I mean, they, it took to the point of the leader. It took the leader saying, "This is okay. This is like your safe debate space." So we're asking you yeah. to take the hard stance. So it'd be silly if I took the easy stance of like women should be paid the same. Like everyone already, uh, at least their orange thinking agrees that it's like, yeah, pay equality is nice. But it's like, if I was shit at a job, like uh, kind of one of the arguments is like, okay, let's just have soccer. It's just soccer. And whoever's on the top teams get paid the most. No woman would ever make it to pro sports. Cause it's just like their bodies aren't meant for being the best there. And I'm sure culturally that it's like, frowned upon but it's also like physically um like take the serena williams she gets smashed by someone that's ranked like 800 in tennis uh, on the men's side so it was just cool that the leader was responsible there i even changed my beliefs on like fat people for example and what beauty standards are because someone was like hey fat is beautiful my gut is like no it's not i'm not into that but then they showed historically over time like from the i don't know 1800s through today the beauty standard has changed a lot like this was a hot woman 200 years ago this was status was someone that's fat like we see that because resources were scarce it's like you're just believing today because resources the So it's like that that doesn't matter you'd rather have someone fit but then you see greek gods and like they're fucking ripped it's like i think maybe that's the objective but at least now i'm more open-minded to that i guess because i'm awesome um so I guess uh, there was that debate. Who knows if it was actually good. Hopefully people get better at debating because that was like no one changed their mind because of it. I like the debates where it's like, where is the other side right? Like if you had to, you ask like...
1: Stone right, Strongman uh, strong and
0: just like argue for the other side uh, in an honest way. That'd be nice. Uh, anything else for debate?
1: For debate... No, that was a shit then, show. Then um,
0: nothing really for this next woman, Claire. She's, uh, I don't even know the company really. I guess they're the biggest real estate company in China or the world. I don't really know what they are.
1: Oh, I, so Claire's talk was interesting because it was very pro-China. It was like, you, it, it was high rung, you know? Like everything is us versus them, U.S. versus China. That's our enemy. And she's like, no, here's really awesome things happening in real estate with my company in China. Uh, you know, she's talking about using software in buildings, like having a centralized WeChat that you can communicate with everyone and pay for things in your building, all these all these things. And she was really optimistic about China and how we need to work together. And that was kind of problem refreshing. The problem that
0: I story. had was I didn't get the why I should care about this until the end. She's just like, China has WeChat. China has all these smart buildings. I'm like, alright, why the fuck does Dylan in Rhode Island care about that? It's like, from the start, if it's like china's doing technology amazing this is what we can use in america so that it's relevant to us this is how we can work together i'm like oh, that would oh. Be
1: nice. i think chamath asked her about um like what are the rankings of government in china how do these projects get pushed through is there a lot of bureaucracy like in california and she was like there are, there are levels within um different governances in in china and they 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 run these communities like startups. So there will be a leader in a community. They have KPIs, metrics that you know their higher ups are looking for in their community in terms of buildings made, uh, parks created, uh, cleanliness, like all these things. And you have to hit those objectives. And it was interesting because it's like, wow, government in the US, it's like, there's no North Star. Within each state, within the federal government, like there's no KPIs. Right. It's like that's probably how they're so efficient and how they're growing and they're growing together. Yeah, this is
0: this is where uh, Palmer talking about defense. It was interesting. It's like, OK, you have the sort of dictatorships in China or a Russia, and they can basically tell the whole economy, hey, we're just going to focus on defense. They're going to take the smartest talent and just put them on uh, drone automations like they can do that. Whereas here, it's like we have to hope it's the current thing to care about and this war in the Ukraine so we can spend more time in defense and people care about it. It's like the, the more effective short-term strategy is just be a dictator because you know what's important and you should tell your whole economy to do that. So we're battling like long-term we don't want a dictatorship, but it's a lot more effective at like winning wars and being the superpower. Same thing there. It's like if they have their five-year plan in China and it's, it's a well-thought-out plan – actually a lot more effective to be the dictator you're gonna get leaps and bounds uh in terms of just a better economy especially when when you change presidents all the time in democracy the problem is you don't know what to believe there's uncertainty like trump you don't know how to behave because he might have some random ass law versus if you have a five-year plan it's very clear what the future is going to be so there's less uncertainty uh
1: and each community literally has a... What's the whole country? In China. And then it, it trickles down. Fascinating. The whole country does. Yeah, yeah. Trickle down economics.
0: <laughs> Love the NPC. What else you got? Uh, uh, last last thing. Well, NPC two last things. Out. One, Antonio Gracias, uh, who he was unknown to me. I guess he's in Chicago. Supporter of SpaceX, Tesla from the early days. Big dude. Uh, Not like important dude. And... Uh, What's interesting is just like people are so boring. I was just like this guy is fascinating, but he's boring as shit. At least when he was giving his majority talk. Uh, when they started to open up in Q and A after, it's like oh he had some more life and he made some jokes and he was actually funny. I'm like why couldn't you just appear to care more about your answers? Because like if you think you're excited and care, it's like oh I. If you're expending energy into something, I should expend energy and understanding what you you care about um he just didn't do much of that but i'm like you're fascinating that's that's really too bad um i don't know if you had anything to say about him
1: well it's, it's, that's kind of like our mission is just these worlds these industries like they just take right. themselves way too seriously why can't everything be a little bit more informal personable q a style goofy that's why i thought elon's talk was great he he kind of broke down and was that more informal well he is in, in a lot of respects but
0: uh yeah so that yeah. was basically it for the q and Q&A is shitty I hate how they do them where it's like whoever is first to the mic stand gets to ask a question somehow that's the most important thing because you fucking you were close to the mic um I would like some sort of voting system where it's like you can see a bunch of top questions and see which one you'd like to hear most uh whatever it is but most of them were like stuff you could just find out versus like getting banter I want like banter provoking Conversations like, let me hear some stories of behind the scenes. Luckily, now we get invited to the events so we can kind of tell the stories of what happens at Saks 50th birthday party, things like that. And that's also, oh, yesterday when I'm like, oh, okay, we went to the summit, cool event, but now we're getting invited to like actual cool, cool events that most people can't get into. Why are we still like struggling to make decent money? We're objectively going to be the poorest people at this event. Like, <laughs> luckily, they're paying for our $2,000 a night hotel, which is like the cheapest room. Uh, but <laughs> God, <I hope. laughs> um, But it's like, why are, we, why are we in this room? Like, why can't we make more money? And then I, I got into like, oh, maybe we have some agency that appeals to startups. No, startups, they don't have the money. VCs have the actual money. Let's do a VC like agency. I'm like, ah, I don't really like the agency. Then I circled back to like, Let's just be the wait, but why the Tim Urbans of their boring as shit ideas that they can't tell. Like, Let's just retell those ideas in a more fun way. Um, and that's just what we're known for whenever we get introduced at parties or like, it's like, oh, you got to meet Henry and Dylan. They just make nerdy stuff cool. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, wait, but why? That's for millennials. This is for Gen Z because it's video first. Hey, That's an hour and 10 around. minutes.
1: Hey, pop. I'm coming back. I'm coming back next week with the giggles. I'm still I'm still I know. trying I, to take I it. Felt weir-
0: I I felt weird. I didn't like my
1: It's it a lot of the time I don't
0: like my own personality. It's kind of weird. I see myself I'm like, ah. "That's why when I want to stop the podcast, I'm like, I don't like who I am right now."
1: <laughs> like Well, yeah, I Because you're mental deficiency, but uh Hey, we might have a therapy session after this. We had some good talks. We had some good talks in Miami after these thought provoking well, speakers. I think the problem is when you care a lot, you lose the funny.
0: I, I don't know what it is, but it's like, oh no funny.
1: Yeah, I don't know I don't know if I'm tired or if it's if it's the the, the topic. Like I, I think we're trying to transfer a lot of knowledge from the right. thing. As opposed to going down a rabbit hole for something that's really goofy, but I'm also exhausted from the week. I don't know. Maybe when there's too much (laughs) to talk about,
0: easy with with that. that There's like, there's like you said, there's so much information. Oh, this is one of the points from the the conversations or the debate. So, a debate you have five minutes. Like, let me squeeze as much into five minutes as possible. When what's better? is be a smart thinker and just prioritize like we saw this a lot when you'd be giving a presentation that presentation class i talked about it's like oh you just start talking really fast because you want to fit in all your information but then you lose everything it's like no instead just take the simple nuggets that you want everyone to leave with it's like the way people think the the baby the robot take those tell those slowly in five minutes because you don't need a page worth of content. You just need the one-liner that people are going to remember. So that's kind of like this. Like we had too much information. We tried to fit it all in rather than do the itinerary, which people don't care about most of the speakers in this conversation. It's like, just take like the top three ideas and really talk about those in detail. I don't know.
1: Or even just an episode on the Palmer Lucky event, because that's going to come out on YouTube. Just an episode on the Tim Urban talk, because that's going to come out on YouTube. Yeah. I don't know. This This whole world's kind of serious. Like, there are no giggly well, goos at these talks.
0: I this, I don't know. We'll see. Because I want to do a Palmer Rocky episode. um, So we'll see what happens there. But there's no, like, there's no translating it into something that's funny. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a serious. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Maybe we just don't do event recaps. We just talk the, about...
1: The work Smart work. Nonsense podcast never records again. We, we just <laughs> lost the giggles.
0: We could have won it.